welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. Today we are talking about what is beautiful about midlife and menopause. I think this is such a great topic. A lot of times when I'm being interviewed, people will ask me what are the most common symptoms and what are the things that you hear the most. And every once in a while, someone asks me, what are the benefits? What are the good things? What's what's the awesome thing about being in menopause? So I thought, why don't we flip the script this week and talk about the things that are beautiful about midlife and menopause. So that's what we're going to get into today. First, a word from our sponsor. By now, you've heard me mention FemPharma's products. Here are the top five things that you need to know about FemPharma's products for vaginal and vulvar dryness. Number one, they work because of the pharmaceutical grade ingredients, which include hyaluronic acid and vitamin E. Number two, they're low volume. That means just the right amount of gel, which means no extra drip, leak, or mess. Yes. Number three, they're available without a prescription and they are safe to use daily. Number four, FemPharma has all your intimate bases covered. The Satisfy is for internal use and Satisfem is for external use. And lastly, they're compatible with most condoms, unlike other products. Try them both for relief without the grief. You can check them out at FemPharma.com and that's F-E-M-M-E-P-H-A-R-M-A.com. I have been recommending their products for my patients since I first learned about FemPharma and I want to extend this recommendation to you as well. If you have ever seen me in the office, one of the things that I love to do is learn about my patients' lives. In fact, when I teach my students, one of the things I think is so important is what we call your social history, which is, you know, are you working? Are you at home? Did you previously work? Did you retire? What's your family structure like? What is your support system like? What is your sleep like? You know, those things are so important in your health. And so they're really important for me to know. And so often when I start asking you those questions, it always just triggers an interest in your life. You know, what you may have done before or what you did before you were married or what your hopes and dreams are. And I say this with 100% certainty that women in midlife, which is when menopause hits for most women, are the most forceful and impactful sector of, you know, the globe. Because let's face it, women really run the world, (laughs) whether it's, you know, seen that way or it's hidden. Women make the decisions in their household, usually. Women actually often even help make the financial decisions if they're not the ones actually, you know, signing the check, but they certainly have an opinion on where finances go. Or if you're lucky enough to have philanthropy, women will make these decisions. Women make decisions. And if you're in the corporate world, not that one is better than the other, if being a home or being in the corporate world or having a business, being a small business owner, you are at the peak of your career. You have worked decades to get to where you are. And women tend to have really strong emotional intelligence skills, social skills, language and communication skills. They've often diversified throughout their you know, decades climbing to the top of the ladder. And so they are the most important facet of 
the world at this point. Women between ages 45 to 65 as, as, as just an average, you know, not to say that you couldn't be 30 years old and run the world, not to say you couldn't be 70 year olds and run the world, not to say you couldn't be 45 and run your household. And so women are the most in, useful sector, I think, at this time in their lives. And that is really exciting. And yes, it tends to happen on average when menopause happens. We know that the majority of women are symptomatic. So I always say 70 to 80% of women are symptomatic. But with that outstanding, or if you ignore that part for now, this is the, 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 this is the time in a woman's life where she can make the biggest impact on her family, on the community, on, at her business, in, in even larger than that, which is another reason why I love taking care of women in midlife and at menopause, because when they get their thrive back or their groove back, and again, you know, I say this from a perspective of usually women come to me with it, with symptoms, and usually they're pretty bad by the time they come to see me. But to see someone regain their that ability to thrive like no other is just the most satisfying and rewarding thing that I could ever imagine. Now, if you know anything about my story, I started in OBGYN. So I started my training in 2010 and I always wanted to be a part of women's lives. So I thought, well, I have to go into OBGYN because how, how else can you, you know, take care of women? You know, spoiler alert, there's many other ways. And I loved being there when women delivered babies. I mean, who who wouldn't? You'd have to be totally crazy or, you know, to not think that it's just the most beautiful time in a woman's life. But what I realized is that there's there's a point that's even more amazing, which is watching women really step into their own, which is at midlife and at menopause. And I am so honored and lucky that I get to see so many of you, because I know many of my listeners are my patients, and, and, and so many of you that I don't know, I'm sure this is happening, or you could also see how this could happen, but to watch someone come back and say, I am thriving again. I am living my fullest life. You've really helped me through this hump where now I get to be the person that I've envisioned for the last several decades. It is literally the coolest thing you've ever seen. And it's so inspiring. I learned so much, not only from, I always say my students, but from you, from my patients. I mean, just to watch people really, really come into their own, it is absolutely beautiful. So this is the decade, and this is the sex where women run the world, and it is absolutely wonderful to see. Now, the other thing about being beautiful at menopause is you get the opportunity to bring the focus back to you. For many decades of our lives, we are taking care of other people, and arguably, you're still taking care of many other people. Now you're taking care of parents, perhaps, and you're taking care of teenagers, or you're taking care of the neighborhood at this point, or you're taking care of your entire church, whatever it may be. Women certainly tend to be caregivers. But one of the things that's beautiful about menopause, or perhaps a a takeaway for someone who's symptomatic, is that you get to put the focus back on you. In some ways, for many of you, you have to. You don't feel well, you're not sleeping anymore, and you get to the point where you say, I I really need help and I really need to focus. I really need to prioritize me because I can tell if I'm going downhill, the whole rest of the community and family is going downhill with me. So you get to put the focus back on you, and that is beautiful. And if you can see it that way, instead of saying, I'm a burden or I can't, 
uh, take my mom to so-and-so because I need to see the doctor. If you can see it as this opportunity to really, really use that time to focus back on you, it is beautiful. And we all heard the saying of, you know, the plane's going down and you've got to grab your oxygen mask first or you can't help anyone else. And this is really true. And for many of us, it hits when we, when, when it really hits, when we're not sleeping, we've only slept two hours. We, you know, can't get through the day. We can't think our marriage is starting to, you know, unravel because we don't feel great or our relationships are starting to unravel because we don't feel great. We hit that point where we're like, we, I need, I need help. And you have to focus back on you. And it's a really nice opportunity to really get to do that and to practice it because we say that all the time, but it is those moments like, you know, postpartum or midlife and menopause where you have to focus back on you or you clearly see the writing on the wall that you're not going to be able to take care of those around you. So you get to put the focus back on you. You really can ask yourself, what do I now need? And that's what I love about when I get to see patients in clinic is we really get to focus on what exactly do you need at this time. And then, of course, we do all the other sciencey stuff. We talk about options. We talk about risks and benefits. And you've heard me talk about those things a lot. And I've got lots and lots of episodes on safety of medications and hormone therapy and you know, all of those things. But a lot of times when I'm taking that social history and I'm learning about your support system and I'm learning about your goals and your aspirations or what your kids are doing or what your grandkids are doing, I really want to know what you need at this moment. Is it support? Is it sleep? Is it, you know, the use of medications when it's medically necessary? Is it to find a hobby again? Is it to find your vision for who you are again, because a lot of time we spend decades taking care of other people. We really forget who we really are at the core, what really makes us happy at the core. If you feel like I am speaking to you and you think that you are the only one out there like this, no, no, no. This is really, really, really common. And finding yourself again, and even finding the things you loved about your partner again, the things you loved about the community that you live in again, these are all things that we need to do or you might need to do at midlife and in menopause. The other really beautiful thing is that you have now a chunk of experience as your guide. You know, we talk about wisdom and I guess I want to tread lightly. I don't know if I have the wisdom yet to talk about wisdom. <laughs> maybe soon, maybe in a, in another couple of years. But certainly you have a a file cabinet of past experiences that you can use. And it doesn't matter if those past experiences went well or those past experiences went poorly. You have that and it's a gold mine. Again, I talk a lot about how in, in, for example, last week we talked about pregnancy and menopause and how pregnancy can be a little window into how you do or how your body is under a stressor, especially a hormonal stressor. But tons of your past experiences can remind you how you've done in stressors at work, stressors within your family, stressors in your interpersonal relationships, and lose, using those as a guide or as a resources for how you may have, you know, your behavior was in the past can really be useful as you go forward. Again, Nelson Mandela said, you're either right or you learn. 
instead of right or wrong. And I love this thing. I say it all the time because it really can help us have a growth mindset, which I think is really helpful in midlife because so many, so many of us can really get down on ourselves or, you know, really the media can tell us we're not eating the right thing. We're not exercising. We're not meditating. We're not doing all of these things. And, you know, use your past experiences as a guide. How did you do when you started a certain medication? How did you do when you are asked to journal your symptoms or your food before? What were the barriers to doing that before? What could you learn from the experience if it didn't go well? If it did go well, wonderful. You know, a clear example of this is if I'm going to start an SSRI or if I'm going to start a birth control pill and someone says, you know, gosh, when I was 20 or 30, I took this and, and I did really well. Well, let's use that. As simple as that sounds, if your body did well on that, let's not reinvent the wheel. You already went through an experience where you tried a medication and I'm just using this as an example. So let's try that one again and see how you do. So you've got all these past experiences that you can use as a guide. Next, I think if you want to go here, you can really try to establish a deeper connection with your femininity during midlife and at menopause. And you might think like, no, <laughs> I, I, I feel totally unfeminine. Um, I've got the menopause belly. I'm losing my hair. My nails are, are brittle. Sex is painful. Like, what are you talking about? Well, stick with me here. One of the things that I try to encourage my patients to do is to journal and track and really sort of feel your symptoms or really kind of get in tune with them. When do you have hot flashes? What triggers them? How long does the vaginal tissue hurt or burn after intercourse if you're having intercourse, etc.? And the good news, I always say to my patients, the good news about coming to see me or coming to see another menopause doctor is that very often it's not rocket science and we can really improve you. And if you're really in tune with your body that you notice these changes and these improvements, I mean, they're fascinating to see. Not only do I get to see you thrive again in your job, but I get to see you thrive in your self-love. It is, I mean, it's amazing. I tell everyone, my students in particular, that I just have the best job ever because I really get to see women step into feeling that they're back in their best body. And again, the really cool thing is it's not really rocket science or it's not really that hard to get you from point A to B, B being I feel amazing or I feel like my old self again. It's not that hard. It's the conversations in between. It's the walking through the myths and misconceptions. It's the walking through the fears. It's the letting yourself take priority. It's the letting yourself sit in my office for an hour. It's the letting yourself, that's actually the hard part. I think that's where the skill of being a menopause or a women's health physician or an internist or an OBGYN, I think that's where the skill actually comes in, is discussing and talking you through these things. It's really not the prescribing of medications. There's only a few, and you can listen to all my podcasts and YouTube, and you can know them, but it's really the part where you allow yourself to get better. You allow yourself that freedom. You allow yourself that, you know, you've done everything you can. You, it is a physiological process. There's beauty in that, and so I think if possible, this is a time where you can really form a deeper connection with your femininity. All right, a brief word from me and I'll be right back. 
I just want to remind you that my course, The Complete Guide to Menopause, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know Your Doctor Never Told You, is available for you to take online at your own pace. This six-hour course that I created covers everything you could ever want to know about menopause. Ideally, it's like sitting with me in an office and having a long conversation about menopause, the definitions, the facts, and the evidence behind making the right decision for you. In this course, I really walk you through how to come out of this journey feeling confident and successful instead of confused and frustrated, which is what I find so many women go through and why I became a menopause doctor and why I created this course for you. If you want to learn more about the course, simply go to my website, heatherhirschmd.com slash course. There you can also find all the wonderful reviews and you can browse through all of the different lessons and the first one is free. So check it out today. You guys, if you really want to check out any of my resources, a great place to find them is the link in my bio on, on Instagram, and my handle is at hormone.health.doc. You can also go to my website, heatherhirschmd.com, because almost everything is linked there as well. And really, truly, I love being able to be a voice and to disseminate evidence-based information. Let's get back to today's topic, which is what's beautiful about menopause, because I am loving this conversation that I'm having, and I hope that you're having kind of with me as you're out walking or doing the dishes or driving or whatever it is that you like to do. So we're talking about establishing a deeper connection to your femininity, and within that, I think there's also this ability to use this time to look back and thank your body for all it's accomplished. Now, this is not easy. As someone who, you know, again, is pregnant and uh, your body really changes, that's a struggle for me. Some women love pregnancy, and I think this is so fascinating. Again, just the hormones and how you feel and how your body shifts. I do not. <laughs> I feel kind of physically limited. You know, I'm short. I'm 5'0", full disclosure, and so there's not a ton of room. And it is really hard for me to say, thank you, body. Thank you. I, I know it intellectually, but it's still hard to thank my body for that. You know, your breasts change, the your sexual health changes, things change, and you're doing it all for other people, right? That we're like literally made for that. And if you haven't had a baby, you know, your body may have also changed or felt like it's deceived you. Perhaps you've had endometriosis, painful periods, PMS. Perhaps you've had infertility and you've been struggling with your body, like not doing what it's supposed to do. Um, All of these things, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of things like PCOS or, you know, other hormonal disorders or just other medical conditions. Perhaps you were born with a congenital um a congenital disability or a congenital uh, genetic thing that you cannot change. Um, there's lots of things, but to be able to sort of thank your body at this point for all that it has accomplished for you, for all that it has done for you, and for all that it's going to continue to do for you, this could be a, a time where you may be able to find some peace with that. And you know, the next thing that I think about in terms of what's beautiful about menopause is something that I get to see a lot, especially through my social media, is that if you have had a story and you've come out better, or perhaps you're in the middle of your story, but you are going to come out better, you can use it 
to message the world to inspire others. Your story is really powerful because we are, I think, in a shift where menopause has gone from kind of obscure and still kind of taboo to something that people are are more willing to talk about are more willing to share their success stories, whether it's in a Facebook group or Instagram, because we want other women to succeed. We want other women to feel better. I I love this because I see it all the time. People are constantly saying, here's a recommendation for this, or follow this doctor, or follow this specialist, or follow this fitness expert in midlife health. I love watching women share what worked for them. And, you know, with the caveat, I always say that what works for one person definitely may not work for you, but it's still so cool. It's still so inspiring for you to sort of share your message of, I followed this person and they really helped me or I went to this doctor and it really helped me, or you try this website, again, menopause.org, that's the best one, or Ishwish, the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health, also now has a directory where you can find uh, an Ishwish, I guess, certified doctor or someone who's, you know, um, involved in that community. So I love watching watching women that really help each other and really using your story to help and inspire others. And so I think just the most beautiful thing is that we as women, and again, I'm sort of projecting and I'm sort of certainly making assumptions that it can be hard for women to find a voice or it can take some time to find the voice, but this is where you get to find your voice. This is where you get to find your voice. If you haven't yet, and I feel like that saying that statement of finding your voice or knowing yourself or loving yourself, it's a constantly evolving journey. I, I do not think it actually stops in midlife and at menopause. It probably continues way, way, way on. But it's certainly a stopping point of like you get to find your voice and you get to tell your story and you get to listen to your body and you get to learn from your past experiences and you now get to focus back on yourself And these are all the things to me that are beautiful about menopause and midlife and women's health and being able to sit and watch and see people blossom and see people thrive. It is many ways more beautiful than watching someone deliver a baby because it is something that is physiologic and psychologic and years of training to do. And it is beautiful to watch. So there's a ton of beautiful things about midlife and menopause. If you have any others, send me a comment, send me a message, send me a direct message on Instagram. What else have you found to be beautiful about midlife and menopause? Is it being a grandparent? That's another one. I can't comment. I'm not a grandparent yet, but I do hear that that is absolutely one of the best things about midlife. Is it retirement? Is it actually not not climbing to the peak of your career, but saying goodbye to your career? You know, is it volunteering? Is it, what is it about menopause and midlife that you have found to be the most beautiful because I don't want to miss anything. And certainly I don't want to ever assume that I'm speaking for everyone and everyone's experience. Now, if you have listened to this and you're like, no, no, you haven't hit it yet, Dr. Hirsch. I am still miserable and none of these have worked. You know, it might just be bigger in your season where we need to get you the support and we need to get you uh, the perhaps the medical treatment or the medical advice that you need. 
and you're still just the beginning of your journey. So if you've listened to this podcast, I have plenty of podcasts on here with lots of resources about midlife menopause, myths about hormone therapy, safety of hormone therapy, non-hormonal medications, um, lots of interviews with amazing people. So check out my podcast. You can check out my YouTube. It's becoming an excellent resource. I actually have a lot of my patients um, go back to some of those key videos because they'll want to ask me again, what about the risk of breast cancer? What about my bone health? So you can check out my YouTube channel. It's linked in whatever you open this, if it's iTunes or Spotify, or it's just Health by Heather Hirsch. Just Google that in your little YouTube browser. Follow me over on Instagram. I let you guys weigh in on a lot of these topics and you can see some stories and see what's going on in my daily life. Um, so if you have not found something beautiful about menopause yet, that's okay. That's okay. It just means that it's still coming. Thank you guys so much for listening in. I love doing this show for you. It's it's just a therapeutic for me. And I love hearing that you guys listen to my show because again, I'm sitting in a room all by myself. And so I never know whose ears it goes to. So I love hearing from you. I will see you guys again next week. Thank you so much. And thanks Fem Pharma again for sponsoring our episodes. If you have a product, if you have something you want me to look into, please feel free to uh, email me. You can find my contact on Instagram so that you could potentially sponsor this show. I am so excited to see this show climb to the top of iTunes in the medicine category. Yes, women in midlife are taking the heck over. Thank you. If you left me a podcast review, that helps so much. It helps other women find the show. All right, guys, have a wonderful rest of your day or evening. I don't want to take a more time ending and wrapping this up, but I am always so grateful. My heart is always so full when I finish an episode. I'll see you next week. Bye.